This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. It's our three, maybe four part episode. This is honestly, this is just going to be, let's make, just make it an ongoing series. For the rest of time, talking about your family. (laughs) Because everyone writes in like, please help me. And which is really cool, right? We thought, you know, what's really interesting. When we first started this podcast, we thought it was end up being more about relationships, like romantic relationships, like that that's what people would want to hear about. I don't think that's true. I think the family stuff is really big, and I think it's, like, one of the hardest dynamics to tackle, and that's yeah. why people have so many questions about it. Yeah. It's funny that we're talking about family dynamics as we recorded this episode from my closet. We're in Emily's closet <laughs> right now. <laughs> and it probably sounds like we're in the studio. And that's why we're in a closet. We're not. <laughs> we're literally in Emily's closet. I'm surrounded by her clothes. I have claustrophobia problems, so we'll see how this goes. We're just going to go. You know, this is how it's going to be. But listen, we're, we're going to do, we have to do a quick follow-up because somebody had written in yes. after we answered their question about the helicopter mother-in-law. So remember this person who wrote in, they talked about their helicopter mother-in-law who feels replaced or threatened by a new woman in her child's life, yes. even though they've been around for five years. This was a few episodes ago. And... So she said, it's you know, it's not the case. The dad is in the picture. That's not what's up. But she's been asking him to set boundaries, but he's scared to disrupt the peace. Here is the number one reason of why we don't set boundaries. And I know we talked about this more in last week's episode, but we're so scared to upset people. And it's when, when you've been doing the same thing for so long, it's really terrifying to make a yes. change, right? So he's probably used to never saying anything Absolutely. or not disrupting the peace in some way. Mm. So it's and, re- maybe, and maybe it's not just him, right? So maybe in that family in general, everyone sort of placates to mom. Right, right. And Which so really he, would, he would be changing the family rules, yes. right? If, if the rule is you have to placate mom. You mm-hmm. have to do what she wants. You have to make sure she's happy. You have to tiptoe around her. Then 
he would be completely changing those rules. Absolutely. So and it's how scary. scary. It's yes. really scary. So and then what's that going to mean? Then what happens to him if he does that, right? Our fear about speaking out is then, like, what does that mean, right? I, like, ruin everything. She never talks to me again. Everyone's mad at me, right? right. So like We have the, all these fear about consequences, which is cool because we're going to get into a conversation a little bit about birth order. Oh, it's such a good one. A lot of people wrote in about sibling relationships. And so, um, first of all, birth order is really interesting. And there's a few reasons why birth order isn't always true, right? And one of the ways that we can... We're going to talk a little bit about, like, how birth order could affect us. But there's a few things you should also note instead. If you were, let's say, grew up in a really conservative, gender-typical um, family and you were the firstborn woman but you had older brothers you still might end up taking oldest child roles because they believed women should take care of men if you were a later born child and you had an older sibling who was disabled or with special needs or had a chronic illness you might end it up ended up ended up ended up <laughs> my, <That's> you might <laughs> It's Sunday, we're in a closet. <laughs> you might end up also then taking on the oldest firstborn right. sibling. So that's so there's not it's not always totally right. accurate. So it just as any podcast that we do, if we talk about something that doesn't relate to you, it's very possible that you had a different situation. One size does not fit all when we talk about these things. But we're giving you kind of general. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about firstborns. Neither we'll say this also. It's important for you to both know <laughs> Jen and I, maybe one of the reasons why we get along so well yes. is because we're the same birth order. And both of our older siblings are men. Yes. So we both are younger girls. Yes. Right? So we're the last born. Um so interesting. Are you a two what's your age difference? Three years. Okay. We're yeah, we're two years. Yeah. So like yeah. sort of very similar yes, age very difference. Similar. So we'll go we'll get into that a little bit because we laughed so hard <laughs> as we were talking about this about like one of the things that was said when we were like we because we were like well, let's, let's, I think we should just say it. Okay, now. We, okay. we just have to right. get into it. <laughs> so we were like it's so funny. Okay, so there's an amazing book on birth order um that goes with Bowen family therapy. But we were like, oh, we want to refresh ourselves. So we like did a quick Google search, right? <laughs> You're going to die. So this amazing article comes up from from parents.com. And this is an actual quote from the article. So keep in mind, Jen and I are both we last dying laughing. It literally says in the article, last borns generally aren't the strongest or the smartest <laughs> in the room. <laughs> we were like, okay, okay. But here's the best part. Both of our brothers are so much more intellectual my than we so are. Much smarter. And I kind of knew it. Like my brother was in all of those like enrichment so, classes. Yeah. I was not. I, I mean I was literally in learning support <laughs> my entire fucking life. I was in speech therapy. I was in learning support. I couldn't read. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. How are they so much smarter? They're than so us? much which is so funny, right? But it says, here's the cool thing about maybe not being the strongest or the smartest in the room. Well, also, I would like to know what they mean by strongest. I'm definitely not physically as strong as my brother. No, I mean, <laughs> we're both quite, we're both but quite is, weak. Like, emotionally strong? Like, is that? Well, we're both emotionally stronger than our I'm brothers. I'm going to write a say. strongly worded letter to parents.com <laughs> and say, what do you mean by strongest? But also, we kind of agree. Okay, but okay. here's the best part. So then it goes on to say, so they, they develop their own ways of winning attention. And I think this is very unique, right? So sometimes, and we'll see this a lot with like our really high achieving clients. Well, they'll be like, well, what the fuck, man? I got all AIDS. I went to the Ivy League. I did it all right. And I got this other sibling that ain't doing shit. And yes. they get all the attention. Yes. And it's because they figured out other ways to do that. They needed to. It was almost like survival, right? Because 
you're coming into a family where a child has already been there, right? That child has already gotten all of the attention. The focus has been on them. And so you're born into this family and you're like, well, shit, I really got to step up my game, right? And so you become, well, you're much more outgoing than me. I'm very outgoing, yeah. And so like, I, and my mom says that I came into the world like, hey, what's up? This I'm world was sure made for me. sure you did. Yes. See, I came in observing the world. But then, so then don't you feel like you observed what your brother had and then you took what was left over? Yeah, I okay. think I think that, like, emotionally I yes. was like, okay, now I know how to, like, maneuver myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so I don't know. I think that everyone develops in different ways, right? Like, Emily and I are in the same birth order. We develop different ways of gaining attention yes, yes. for ourselves, right? And so, th- once again, that's something you have to figure out for yourself is, like, what was what was a way in with which you garnered that attention in your family? If you or were, you didn't. Or you didn't. Or you didn't. Or you kept waiting for people to come to you. Uh, what, Jen just said, what's that noise? That noise you might hear is the Roomba downstairs. <laughs> no. Okay. It sounds... It's, no, that is not the Roomba. That is the Roomba. Okay. The Roomba sounds <laughs> like it's, it's hammering. Yes. <laughs> like it's hammering something. It's the, It must be the strongest Roomba. I think it's going over the carpet. Roomba's a firstborn. Oh my God. The Roomba is a firstborn. <laughs> the strongest Roomba in the room. The next Roomba will not be the strongest or the smartest. Okay. <laughs> so God. Sad. All right. So firstborns. All right. So our firstborns, we love you. Are you here? We're talking to you. Do you have a type A, do you have a type a personality? <laughs> do you never cut yourself any slack? Um, do you give a ton of attention of like being good enough or accomplishing? Do you notice that you can have some excess stress mm. because of some of your perfectionism? This can be really common for firstborns and for only children. And you know what we haven't talked about is middle children. Yeah. Our favorites. And you know what? I, I love middle I love They middle get a children. bad rap. Yo, but they're the best, right? Because they tend to go with the flow. But here's the thing. Middle children tend to be the most amazing outwardly. Like, they tend to be the peacekeepers in their yes. families. But for themselves, they sometimes don't hold boundaries. Yeah. And oh, neglect yeah. what's, like, really their truth. Because so, they're taking care of everyone else. Exactly. So if you're a middle child, right? You know who I always think of? Uh, she'll die if I talk about her. Jessie Gold. Oh, I my, love her. I know. My, this is my dear friend, Jessie, um, from college. I hope she listens. I don't know. But she, okay, so she is one of four, and she is like the quintessential middle child. Yeah. She's always the people pleaser. She has a large circle of friends. She thrives in her friendship. She's so fucking go with the flow. Um, and she can be kind of rebellious, but not really. Like, middle children... She, they're so fun. They're so fun, right? So middle children tend yeah. to, like, be fun enough, but they don't go too far. Where did your parents fall in their birth order? So both of... um No, no, wait. My mom is... You're like, no, no, no. That's <laughs> not it. <laughs> so my mom is a second born, and my yeah. dad's a first born. Oh. And I will say that one of the things, if you're talking about relationships, they tend to say that... um it's good to have a partner that's the opposite birth order. Interesting. Bill's a middle child, isn't he? Yeah, he has four, and so he was third in line. And you know what I was just thinking of? Oh, but my husband's fourth. My my husband's third in line. He's a four. What the fuck? Yes. Also, my dad is third in line too, and I'm having a Freudian <gasps> experience right now. You married your father. Oh fuck! God damn it! Can we? I can't wait to tell him later. I know. <laughs> He already knows. So, so yeah, so wait, wait, wait the, how funny. My husband is also wait, one of four and he's so the third youngest. Uh huh, uh huh. What do you think that's about? We have to, we have to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to have to dig in. Because we'll we, we don't necessarily have the connections between sibling uh, birth order and then your relationship with your partner and how that, right? 
Like, how well, does that... I mean, we can go into attachment. We can go yeah, into we differentiation. Could. Yeah, yeah, a lot we can how do. that plays into it. But that might be a whole Yeah, that's a whole episode. episode. Okay, but we'll do that one too. But, all right, so, okay. So, youngest loving, right? <laughs> Although they're not the strongest or the smartest. Not the room, strongest or smartest. They tend to be fun-loving. And they tend to be a little bit uncomplicated, but also our last born you tend to be a bit manipulative sometimes as well because they know how to get what they want well also we have to remember that people pleasing can be a form of manipulation absolutely right and and that's not a bad thing it's what we've learned to adapt and i want you all to rec- to remember when we we use words like manipulation we're not saying it in a negative sense this is what we have developed to survive in the situation right. you are not bad you are not this horrible manipulative thing you're fucking human man and i think that we think about manipulation as something bad because we typically talk about i mean not us but like people typically talk about it in, well, in, we talk in a lot like about abuse abusers and right like it's, being it's like a pathological yeah. yes right. way so but really I wish, it's a survival thing right it's a survival mechanism and so I, th- I wish there was another word to use because it's we should note every time we use manipulation in that way that it's a it's a way that that children learn to survive yeah. it's a way we we learn to survive as adults um and so that's what we mean when we Mm -hmm, say that in this mm -hmm. context and we should specify every time every time (laughs) okay so 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 someone had written in about expectations ranging from firstborn to youngest and how they change and this is a really interesting thing because often firstborns are given sometimes more responsibilities specifically if they're women of like younger siblings and i think especially if there's more children right like if there's a lot of and i think that's something because we're kind of saying you know firstborn last born and we're saying there's like basically three children in the family that we're talking about and so um there's also if if there's a lot of children in the family and the parents are extremely overwhelmed, typically it's fucking, the, tired. It's fucking tired, the older children are parentified in yes. a lot of ways that they're expected to take care of the kids. They're like, oh, well, I have our these older children to mm-hmm. babysit. They can pick them up from yeah. school. Um, you know, when, when even the older children are still working to be kids. And Absolutely. So, so, and so sometimes it's taken away. And then a lot of times those people then perpetuate that more, right? right? So like you grew up and you're like, well, when I was growing up, I had to do my laundry so early and I had to help out with the younger ones. So then you do it to your kids. But a lot of times you didn't like that either. So, and we're going to get into that later with free parenting. Right. And, um, or you get to the point where you're an adult and you're like, I'm done. I don't want any kids because I've already parented so many children. Yes. Right. You're that like, I am really burnt. Common. I am burnt out. I've especially, already had children as a child. Especially if your parents have an addiction. Oh yeah. Because so much more falls on you. Exactly. So and you're you, parenting your parents. Yes. If you grew up in a family, if there was active addiction going on, you probably got very, very parentified. Or if there's like any sort of intense mental illness. Absolutely anything. Anything that keeps your parents from really being there. Fully present. Fully present as parents. A lot of it falls on the older siblings. Mm -hmm. And so these older. Or Or the girls. Or the right, depending right. on what or the, the dynamics right. in the house was, yeah. And so they grow up and they're like, "I do not want any children. I've already done this, right? Like, I never got my chance to be an individual and take care of myself and focus on what I want." Mm-hmm. And so, I think that also is really common. So, if you were an oldest sibling taking care of your younger siblings, and you're an adult now, and you're like, "I don't want any kids," we get it. <laughs> we get it. Totally makes get sense. It. Or maybe you became a, you want you thought you wanted to be a mom so bad, and then you became a parent, and you're like, "What the." F- fuck right. was I thinking that's what I hear a lot from my moms well, I also, my moms I love my I moms, love all the moms I work with so best. much <laughs> right best. that they're like oh my god like I'm already so tired I didn't realize well I wonder too like if we're talking about in relation to it 
being them being the older siblings or they've been parentified in some way if it's triggering right that that they were put in a position when they were younger to be a parent way more way earlier than they were supposed to be a parent and then when you're an adult and you actually are a parent and you're making this choice yeah it you know that it could feel more triggering or more you're more stuck in it Mm -hmm. even though it was your decision Mm -hmm, that it's mm -hmm. like this is triggering me from old wounds where like I was forced into this yes this wasn't my decision Ooh. And then how out of control do you feel, right? Exactly. So then that brings in this whole other dynamic. Right, so that's something to think about. Like, if you're having kids, and, I mean, there's so many things. Like, having kids is really hard from what I hear. <laughs> from what I hear. As we hide in my closet away from my toddler. As we're hiding from Emily's kid. Um, that it's really hard. And so, but that's something to think about. Like, is there something that's triggering about this, yeah. too? Yeah, what does it bring up for you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. All right. Well, so talk about triggering. Here's a question that's going to be very triggering for many people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it in. Bring it in. How to deal with obvious favoritism of a sibling. This is such a good one. This is such a good question. And and let us just say, this happens. Uh, yeah, like you're not crazy. You're not crazy. No, if you can feel that there's like a favorite child, you're probably not wrong. And and, and parents do have a favorite child. Yeah, and whether they admit it or not. And here's the thing: we derive our self worth when we're younger from the way our parents are responding to us, the love that we're getting from them, the attention that we're getting from them. And so this is very painful mm. to not be the favorite child. Absolutely. Because – and there's a lot of comparison that can yeah. happen too, right? Like you're seeing your sibling getting much more attention or getting different types of – and I don't know if you experienced this, Em, but um, Emily and I talked about this earlier. We still think we were the favorite children yeah. in our families. We were both the easier child. We were the easier That's, child. And a lot of times the easier child ends up being the favorite child, Right. Especially if your parents are exhausted from their firstborn, right? right? So, like, because you're giving more to your parents, exactly, right? So they get more back from you. So that doesn't necessarily mean that like, Jen and I did anything to deserve it, right? Like, it's, just... there's nothing about us specifically that makes us like yes. who we are, yeah. Right? We're just people pleasers, one hundred. And also, ma- we probably developed this people pleasing from being the younger children, yeah, right? Honest, I just had this other thought was like, yeah. also maybe our brothers were too smart for our parents, probably. <laughs> Like, we both have, like, highly intellectual older oh, brothers. Yeah. And so, like, maybe, like, they were just too smart for them. And we like, were just like, we're here. Yeah. Yes. And, like, yeah, we, like, show Smart up. children are tough because, because, because they, they, yeah, have, they give it to you. Right. And they, they can't, they're very good at manipulation. Yes. Like, incredible at manipulation. Yeah. And they're bored a lot of the yes, time. Yes, right? Exactly. And so they're, like, bouncing off the walls. Yeah. yeah. And so. But we, then you have to remember. So, like, let's say, like, you're a kid. You come into this world. You, you know, whatever happens with your parents. And then this younger sibling comes around. And this, this fucking asshole is easier. Right? right? So this little girl comes and in. So you're pissed. I'd be pissed, I'd be too. pissed. That is legit, man. You're like, oh, you're fucking up my life. Yes. Right? Like, like I, in. I had it made. Yes. Right? And then this little bitch comes in. Yes. <laughs> takes up all my attention. Absolutely. Right? So, like, like I said, like, so Jen and I often, so in our families, <laughs> because we're easier we end up having i also think i don't know if this is you i think girls tend to have often a closer relationship with your parents yeah a hundred percent like so i think and also i think think, and i think men boys boys men they tend to be better at setting boundaries i suck at setting boundaries same right um and I think women are socialized to be more relational, yes, right? 100%. And so, so you're expected as a woman to like take care of your parents when they get older, or like be more connected to them. Where mm-hmm. men are just like, oh, I'm off in my career and yeah, I can so do yeah, this. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that we're also socialized too to be more connected Absolutely. to our parents. Yes. And, um, and so we got off topic, of course, because that's yeah, the story right. of our okay, life. <laughs> so how to deal with obvious favorites of the sibling? I think one of the things you have to ask is like. Is one, I would give yourself room to grieve it. Right. And say, like, you know, like, this hurts and this sucks and this brings up all this stuff for me and it brings up, you know, feelings of being unloved or neglected or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, nothing, or comparing yourself in some way. And that's nothing really you feel hard. is wrong. Right. About it. 
But it's also something to consider that your what's the reason why you felt like your sibling was was the favorite right so typically when we're younger the way that we interpret that is like there's something wrong with me and there's something not wrong with you know like they loved something about my sibling more right Mm -hmm. that there's something but I want you to think about it this way. Is there something that your parents connected to more in your in your sibling, right? Like, do they both fall in the same sibling position, right? Can they, can they understand your older sibling more? Um, is there a different connection they have? And once again, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with yeah. you. I mean, the other thing also is, like, then you have to remember, like, what age did your parents have you at, right? right. And so if your parents had you um, in their 20s when they were struggling with being a parent or tired or didn't know what they were doing, and then let's say they have this other kid later on in their, like, late 30s, they might be, like, more relaxed and chill by then, right? right? So, like, how old were your parents and what was happening in their life? And their relationship. Right. So was their marriage falling apart when you came into the picture where they're right. going through a divorce right. like str- what, was their own parent dying at that time right like we want you to remember this other thing we say often which is everything happens within context right. so the way you do that i think is by gaining information and looking at it and trying to depersonalize it even though it feels so fucking personal absolutely and and it's it is it's easy to feel like oh there's there must have been something wrong with me right and also to consider how much you were comparing yourself to your sibling, right? How much that was affecting you. Maybe how much you compare yourself to other people now as a result, right? If there was this obvious favoritism. But I think the key is to know that it doesn't have something to do with you as a person. And sometimes being the favorite isn't all it's cracked up to be. Right. (laughs) Because there's so much more pressure on you. Yes, right. You're like, I got to keep holding this title. Yeah, absolutely, right? So what happens if you give it up? Okay, my youngest sister is always doing everything I do, even choosing the same college, the same college major. I wonder if she, if, if the older, the one who's writing this is the favorite. Oh, and you see the sister's doing it because she, the sister doesn't feel, I, that's interesting. I mean, once again, we I'm more, a, we need more information. We need more information. To every question. Um, when you write us in questions, give us more information. Just like DM us <laughs> and give us a whole background. <laughs> we want to know everything. And we'll, and we'll, we and need to have an entire therapy session yeah. with you to understand what's actually happening. Um, and we're sorry that we assume because yes. we don't, we don't yeah. know what else. We can't make and a so, podcast unless we assume. We have no choice. Okay. So, um, man, fuck. This sucks, dude. I'm That's sorry. So hard. That must be really hard. I th- And I'm sure most people respond to this and say, well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But it also fucking sucks. That must feel like kind of like you're losing your life a little bit, well, especially if she does it better. Well, it's ke- oh, oh. I right? mean, we don't know if yeah. that's the case, but that would be really hard. But also, it keeps you from feeling like you can be an individual. Mm. You know, especially if I think this is this might be a whole other episode too. And I know we could get into whole episodes, like a million episodes, but um, identical twins. <gasps> I love talking about twins. Wait, why don't we just have some twins on the episode? If you're a twin. Identical twin. If and you, you want to ide- talk. Yes. We need both of them on. Yes. If you're identical twin and you have an interest, we want you on the show. Because I think that that's really hard, too, to develop your own identity. Uh-huh. Right? And um, and so I wonder, like, what the age difference is in, yeah. in this and, like, how your parents grouped you together. And the relationship, right? Is she trying to be closer to you? Or, you know, there's also, like, right, if we say, say like, some people... 
I mean, also, I became a therapist. My mother's a therapist, right? So, like, sometimes we have, like, a whole family of teachers. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's your... So, it feels like this girl's doing everything, but really she's just following this greater thing. But I'm wondering what it brings up for you. Great question. Right? How does that feel when she keeps choosing things like you? Does it feel like you don't have an individual part of yourself? Does it feel like you lose yourself to her? Does it feel like, once again, you're in her shadow, even after this little bitch came right. in? Do people <laughs> compare you to her, right? Is there a lot of a little bitch? We're just going to keep you. <laughs> Like that. Which um, is funny because we have actually we're talking about ourselves. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So so I think it's it, it's a really good thing to ask yourself is what's going on for you. Yeah. Right? What's coming up for you yeah. during this time? Um this is a good one. Are we ready? I'm ready. Only child and a girl. Me growing up is exceptionally hard for my parents' advice. That is a hard one. It's really hard. And I think this happens whether you're an only child or you have siblings. I dude, it's so different if you're an only child. Yeah. Don't you think it gets all put on you? Yeah, it's, like, more pressure on you. For sure. And a girl, right? But like, if you have, like, if you, even if you have siblings who are, like, more distant, like us, for example. Yes. Right? Like, our brothers are more distant. Yes. And that that even it, as you grew up, if you were to, like, different, pull away from your parents yes. at all, like, that all of that pressure would be on you. But I think as an only child, right, there's no one else for there's them to no focus on. no one else all on you, right? There's no one else to triangulate into yes. the relationship. Besides the family dog. Oh, the dog. So maybe you get your parents a dog. Tell them, <laughs> tell them they need to get a few animals. <laughs> they need a farm. But you okay. know what? It speaks to, it speaks to just in general, um, the transition in yes. your relationships, right? Because I think transition, as we talked about in our last episode, and we probably talk about all the time, transitions are really, really hard. Um, and, and it happens at all different stages in your life, right? And so as you grow up, your parents are also going to have a really difficult time transitioning and it's not always easy, but I think having a very candid conversation about that can be really helpful if you have that ability to have that relationship and have that conversation to be able to say, I see that this is really hard for you. Yeah. Right. Like what's going on for you? Yeah. You know, I understand this has to change. And I think also, like, sometimes words don't work, but actions do. So you might have to also put up some boundaries. And and like we've always talked about is you can set up boundaries in a loving, kind, warm way. And I think you also have to say, like, how much am I playing into it? What's my part here? Right. Am, am I able to set up? Am I honest and open with my parents, et cetera? Right. Like, am I holding this old position to, t- to be there for them? Yeah. Right. Is it making it hard for me to transition yeah. because I see how hard it is? For well, them. and I also always wonder with only children, especially like, what's your, your parents' marriage like? Oh, yeah. Because you were probably, right. I, I mean, I know I'm using this constantly, but like you were probably triangulated in right. a relationship. Yeah. That's what happens. Yes, exactly. Right. So, like, how do you like look at that? Well, and I think that that's, spe- you know, when, when, empty nester when the there's Mm. like that empty nester syndrome right Mm -hmm. when like your kids go to college um which i don't think exists anymore right well (laughs) kids aren't aren't leaving right it's true yeah parents okay so so that 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 happen anymore that's a really good question and like how many millennials move back in with their parents yeah after college too right even before corona because it leaves your parents to say okay now we have to stop focusing on the kids and we have to focus on our relationship and we haven't done that for 18 plus years which is a long, long time, or so even more if there's multiple. Kids, there's yeah. a lot of times when parents, when when parents become empty nesters, and they really have to take a look at their relationship and say, like, oh my god, we like, you know, we don't, we don't even know how to talk to each other if we're not talking about the kids. So I'm sure there's some people, empty nesters, who are in the, that position. They're like, fuck yeah, coronavirus, bring the kids back. <laughs> 
Wait, that's so funny. I saw this TikTok, which everyone knows is my guilty pleasure. Because <laughs> I could talk about TikTok all day. Loves TikTok. I saw this really great TikTok was a girl who was secretly recording her parents as she walked into the other She was like, she like puts her camera down. She says like, oh, do you guys like want a drink? I'm going to go get a drink. And then from the other room, she's like, oh, and I forgot to tell you, like, um, I just heard from my job and I could stay another few weeks. And you see the parents be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, like, like telling each other, like, shush, shush. Like, because like, they're excited. They're so excited. But they're like, oh, that's great, honey. But they're looking at each other that like, is- oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she records her parents doing this. And they're, like, having, they're, like, flipping out with excitement. But, like, to her, they're like, oh, that's great, honey. Sounds good. Like, so calm. But they're like, the mom's, that like, grabbing so the dad. <laughs> And so here's here's a hard truth. I'll put the I'll put find the TikTok yes, and put please, it on our Instagram. Put it on yeah. our Instagram. Um, here's a hard truth about that. It's not your respi- It's not your responsibility to take on the anxiety in your parents' relationship or make them happy or make them happy. You don't have to. <laughs> not to make anyone happy. No, you do not. Just yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. oh, okay. Somebody said how to deal with um, repetitive negative behavior wait did we answer the, the question i don't know wait but i, I, I also want to say to you if you're the person who wrote this the only child and a girl you have to start either having conversations with your parents or setting up your own boundaries yes okay there we go i just wanted Love to make it. sure we give yeah, actually yeah, that's all right did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. How to deal with repetitive negative behavior from adult siblings. Set some boundaries. Yeah, we don't exactly know what's happening here. We don't know what's happening there, but this this also actually would be another question, I would say, is that your adult sibling's behavior is not necessarily something you have control over, right? Or have to fix or deal with. Or have to fix or deal with. And so my question would be is, what's it bringing up for you? How is it affecting you? And how do you keep getting pulled into it? Yes. And how do you keep getting pulled into it? And is there something you can do differently in that relationship to set more boundaries for yourself so that you're not taking all of that on? If you're, if someone's responding to you in a really toxic, negative way, you don't have to take that. Yeah. And you maybe you've been taking it for a really long time. And so changing that dynamic is really hard and really scary, like we talked about at the beginning. But you get to make the decision that you want to set up these boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, so set those boundaries. So set the boundaries, right? Um, how to reconcile the ways you and your siblings experience the same childhood differently. This is a really, um, really great example of, here's a little story we're going to say. Let's say you get in a car accident. Jen and I are in the car together with our partners, right? I'm in the it's I'm, a full, it's a I'm, full car. Full car. <laughs> I'm driving. Jen's in the passenger seat. My husband's behind me. Her husband's behind her. We get into a car accident. The injuries we sustained from that car accident are very, very different based on where you're seated. What position we're in. Same car accident, different injuries. Different perspectives. Exactly. So nothing is wrong about where you experience that. And still, that's the situation. It's just different. Um, and I also, I, I think, you know, I, once again, I know I'm a broken record. Think about what is it, what is it bringing up for you that you guys experienced your childhood in different ways, right? And are you looking to your sibling um, to have your experience validated, right? Because it sounds like it's difficult to recognize that you guys had different experiences and that you're looking for support in in what you experienced you're looking for someone to say yeah I get it Um, I was there too and because they're unable to say that 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 in itself is really hard for you and it's true in that especially if we have a, a bunch of years in between us and like we said earlier if your parents were going through something different um, when they had your sibling as opposed to when they had you. Maybe they were in a different financial situation. Maybe they were, um, you know, less stressed for some reason that you may have had very different experiences and it's okay for you to have different experiences. Um, but, but how can you give yourself that validation and how can you give yourself that support? Because it sounds like you're looking for it from someone who maybe yeah. had a different experience than you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I, and so then I think also sometimes that can like lead to like some rupture in a relationship. If you're sitting here saying like, didn't you think dad was the worst? And you're like, no, he wasn't that bad. You know, it can like lead you to feel sort of betrayed by your sibling. Yes. And that's not what they're doing. They're just telling you their experience or they haven't made peace with it yet. Right, right. And we cannot, one of the, my favorite things my supervisor always says to me, because I sometimes, 
admittedly with my clients will move too fast. He says, you cannot see a future for someone that they can't see themselves. You cannot show someone reality. That is not your place. We have to just meet people where they're at. And sometimes that's a slow process. <laughs> sometimes it takes slow time. and painful and sometimes it can suck, right? So and so and also sometimes it can bring up feelings of frustration and mm-hmm. anger. I think and- I think sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I think maybe this podcast is a way that we deal with this because so we're too. like <laughs> Let us teach you everything that we know. <laughs> yes, right? right? It'll make things go faster. It'll make things go faster. Because right? But that's our issue. That's our issue. And you don't have to fix it for you us. You don't have to fix it. That's our problem. <laughs> try, try to recognize it. All right, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're in a closet. No. We're, trying to, we're trying to make it through. <laughs> okay. Repairing a sibling relationship that was damaged during teen years via bullying. This is a big one. I hear this one all the time. My siblings suck towards me. They hurt me so much. And now that, like, we're just supposed to pretend like everything's fine. Our kids play together. Did your brother bully you when you were growing up? So here's, I would bet that he would say no. So we had a really different dynamic. When I was, when we were three years old, we moved to a new neighborhood. And I moved in next door to the girl who still to this day is my best friend, Nora, who I've talked about before, right? So from a really young age, I ended up having someone with me. And my brother was kind of alone. So there was stuff he did that was, like, older brother-ish, like, taking the heads off my Barbie dolls. Oh, God. Nobody did. <laughs> like, you know. It's like, it's like. Like, for, like, to be involved. But, like, I always had someone, so we didn't feel that way. Gotcha. You, know? you like, like, had support. And I'm sure it felt more lonely for him. Yeah. I could understand that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, did your brother bully you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he I'm going to be honest. You seem like someone who could easily be bullied. I was very easily <laughs> bullied and would cry very easily, too. And apparently I was too sensitive. Um, but but yeah I so how'd you guys repair it so actually so my brother we would go through in and out of periods of time where we would be really close yeah and actually when we were younger it would happen more rapidly right Mm -hmm. so we would like hang out be close I'd be like yes like he wants to hang out with me and then he would turn on me in a dime (gasps) and so I think I think I always I, (laughs) I always looked up to him I always wanted to be friends with him and eventually as we got older it actually happened but yeah it's like then you lose trust in your relationships mm. because you go from being close to someone to them shutting you out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so then I think this is a really good conversation about rupture and repair. Right. Oh, yeah. So that every relationship has rupture and every relationship needs repair. And this is when there has to be the tough work about when we talk about the idea of forgiveness. I know somebody else had like written in about like some advice about how to forgive. Forgiveness does not necessarily have to be a process the other person is involved in. It can be. It can be a conversation where you, like, you know, someone asks for forgiveness, you give it, you know, in a way, like, almost like a 12-step way where someone's, like, making amends. But forgiveness doesn't have to include someone else, actually. Forgiveness is us releasing and also forgiving us who we were at that time to put up with it. I think people think about forgiveness as, like, this is for the other person when really forgiveness is for you. Always. Right? That um, there's a Buddha quote that, like, I love. Yes. Um, And I know I'm just dropping quotes left and right. Right? Didn't I just, like, bring up a quote in another? I like it. I don't know what's happening. Um, The quote is... Oh, no, that was another podcast we were on this week. Oh, right, right, right. We were on... uh, Built Brave. Built Brave podcast. You can check us out. I don't know when it's coming out. We'll post it on somewhere. Um, (laughs) But it's um, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Ooh. Yeah, for sure. Right? And so it speaks... I don't know. I love anger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an angry person. You've seen it. 
But I, I, would you say that's anger, though? No, I will. I can tell you what it is because I read. If you do not follow, I have to recommend. I'll have to tell her. I gave her a shout out on this on Instagram. Parenting with perspectivecles. Ooh. I don't know her real name. Yeah. That's what her Instagram is. You don't think that's her is. real name? <laughs> Maybe. You don't think her first name's parenting? And or... it's funny. When she goes on, she wears these silly glasses, and she's like, we're going to put our perspectacles on now. Oh, yeah, that's it's really so funny. cute. She put up a really good thing that said, um, you don't have an anger problem. You have a pretending problem. Oof. That's what I have. Tell me what you mean by that. Like, I always pretend like everything's fine. And then and, it builds up on you. It. Yes, yes, for sure. Because I am the way that I handle, we've talked about this before, my anxiety or overwhelmness is like I'm such an overproducer. Like I have to every single day yes. tell myself to do less. So would you say it's more anxiety that has built up over time, like energy in your body, or does it feel like like frustration? Mm. Yes, I would say I would. I don't know. Sometimes it's depression. Yeah. And then it's yeah. coming out. Anger? Okay, so here's the thing. I know we're getting into a different topic again. But ang- yeah, but a lot of people have angry relationships with their siblings. I think anger is yeah, a thing to talk and about. Yeah, and anger anger's an easier emotion for us to get to, right? It's more powerful. It's less vulnerable. The reason why we jump to anger when we're feeling other things is because it's way easier to jump to. And right. it feels better, right, so, to be like, I'm so pissed at yes. everything, as opposed to, like, I'm feeling vulnerable. I feel like shit. Yeah, for sure. Like, like if you go into, like, the elementary school guidance counselor office, and there's, like, always that picture of the iceberg, and at the top it's yes. anger yes. and everything. Yes. <laughs> and everything below the surface is, like, embarrassment and shame and guilt. And, like, I think that's true, but I also feel like, um, I don't know. It's also hard because I use humor so much yeah. like to deescalate my feelings. Yes. And so my humor comes off as sarcasm, comes off as criticism, comes, you know, then yes. all of together. Yes. You should have, you should have an iceberg <laughs> with humor at the top. Right? Here is everything my, I think, it's my, I think yes. my tip would be humor too. We, right. Don't you think? I think that's we why. use humor a lot to process all this, which I don't think is necessarily this no, bad I think thing, it's helpful. right? As like, long because we get there, right? Yes, we don't right. just ignore yeah. everything. And that's the thing: you don't have to be, you know. I know that there is, and like I said, this is like one of my issues with like Instagram therapists. Mm-hmm. Is like they think you should all be a Zen fucking Buddha, heal yourself, not, whatever. Yeah, not a thing. Listen, I just think it's bullshit. I don't think it's long lasting. You know, like that's really cool if you can get there and like do that shit. But for most of us, I don't think it's real, especially on the East Coast. (laughs) That's probably it too. Well, I also think like, you know, that that makes me think of like, you know, there's this wave of like, say affirmations in yourself to yourself in the mirror. I don't understand that. Have you ever successfully done that? I've never even tried because I'm like, there's no way that fucking works. Okay, so let's do it. Let's test it. We should try it out. Why don't we do? Okay, that's what we're totally gonna oh, do. That's good. Yeah, that I don't works. know how this has to do with sibling relationships. It has nothing. We're gonna do. But we're gonna try and we'll see do if it, it works. We'll back, and we'll let you know if it works. Because I think we're different. But okay, but but don't you think right? So there's affirmations. I we do so much internal monologue. Yes. That's different. Like right? maybe I do it without realizing. I think it. we don't stand in the mirror. But I also okay. Also, a lot of that's about body image, which I really disagree with this idea of everyone's beautiful i disagree with also putting beauty on a pedestal why the fuck do we have to be pretty right i also just don't believe that beauty has to be this like main thing we're focusing on you know bodies are just fucking bodies do bodies you know absolutely and also everyone's idea of beauty is different right like why do we hold the standard of what beauty is now we're in a different topic i'm so sorry (laughs) okay wait we're pairing a sibling relationship oh so this was about forgiveness yeah like what (laughs) Oh, we've got rupture and repair. Okay. Okay, we're back. So in all, we're back, guys. In all relationships, there's rupture and then there has to be repair, right? And this is really common. You know, this can happen in friendships and sibling relationships with our parents. 
And when there's a rupture, think about it this way. If there's a crack in the sidewalk and we don't repair it, it eventually is going to turn in to a pothole, to a sinkhole. Or like your window, right? Like if you get a crack in your window and you don't (laughs) fix it, it will just keep... What? What? That's... I I have a so crack like, in my window. Like, like in your like your car, you mean? Exactly. No. Oh, what'd you think? Like I got like a baseball in my window? Yes. No, no it's like when you're driving and like a stone hits your yes. car and you're okay. like, shit, that and is going can, yeah. to and then it starts to spread if yes. you don't do something about it. And that it. also goes back to this idea of the pretending, right? So I'll keep pretending yes. that crack isn't there or pretending that stones didn't hit me and here's And it what gets happens. bigger and bigger, right? Yes. Yes. So so I think the the <laughs> important thing to know is that you're asking this question, which means you'd want to repair this relationship yes. with your sibling. It's important to you. Um and so I think approaching it in that way that it that this yeah. relationship is really important to you. It's something you want to repair. Or you know what? The other thing to remember is they might not remember it the same way. Right. So for you growing up, they really bullied you. It would be interesting to say like, what did you think our relationship was? Right. I like to always ask my clients like, if your brother was here, how would he say it went down? Right. Right. Because like sometimes it's simply not the same. Right. So like they didn't see it as bullying. They saw it as like you. You know what I mean? That they were standing up to you or like who knows so i think it's also a conversation and it actually goes back to the same idea about what seat were you in when you got into the accident oh yeah right so just because you're looking at the pain from the driver's side does not mean that's where they saw it in the rear passenger side totally right so talk to them try to talk to them so hard it is so hard so okay this is what i recommend a lot of the time um I recommend writing a letter without sending it yeah. just to see what you would want like, to say. Uh, you know what I always like to do? Mm-hmm. When I recommend it to clients, I always say make the first version the angriest and edit from there. Oh, good. I like the first version to be the meanest, the angriest, everything you would never get it all face, out, and then you edit from there. Just And keep editing it. And, and the thing is that when we keep things in our head without saying them out loud, yeah. it's hard to really know what we would even want to say. Yeah. Right, so that's why we say write it down. Write it down as as if it's in the form of a letter, as if you would want to say it to them, because then you're at least recognizing the things you would want to say. And if you start with the angry one, then you're getting all of the reactivity out, right? Because we know from experience that starting with a slow startup, soft startup, mm-hmm. soft startup, start and slow, you could go slow too. Slow and soft, slow baby. Slow and soft, <laughs> like butter. <laughs> We're out of it. I think I, I don't think there's enough oxygen I think in this. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. There's not enough oxygen in here. This will be our least listened to episode. Yes, we're so sorry. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So get it all out. See what you would want to say. See if you can approach it. Once again, you don't have control over how the other person is going to respond to you. You only have control over how you approach it over how you tackle it and and maybe it's possible that your sibling isn't in the place where they want to repair it yeah maybe they are ready to repair it and so the only way that you're going to know is to approach it and say this is something i'm interested Mm. in i love it i love it so that's that's it so listen next week's episode we're gonna take a little break from family dynamics because we have an amazing guest alana gardner who's one of my so excited she's about to give birth so hopefully she doesn't go into, if she doesn't go into labor before Thursday. Next week's episode is Alana Garner. Or Alana, if she goes into birth on the episode, that'll be great. That, that that's great content, man. Water really breaks, good you know, content. Great content. Um, Alana G, the MFT, I think is her name on Instagram. We have to check right, it. Yep. Um, she is another amazing affiliate therapist. We're gonna hear her story of resiliency. She 
is fabulous. We cannot wait to have our episode after Alana's episode. We will be back going more into family dynamics. Um, we again, to str- more strained family relationships. Yeah, strained family relationships. Because we got so many, so many questions, questions yeah. on that. Um, hey, if this related to you, related to anyone else, send it out. Please like and subscribe. Send it to your siblings. We're just trying to grow, man. You know, we want to grow you. We want to grow ourselves. So this is what we're doing here. Um, check us out. Always follow us on uh, WC Therapy Group and as Shrink Chicks, you can DM us. Um, we love you. Take care of yourself. We love you. Have a good one.